I think it's time. I think it is dad joke time. Okay. All I right. Have, I have one locked and loaded. I feel like this is a good time to to drop some dad jokes. But um, uh, you picked the book, so I would like to give you the opportunity to go first. Okay. Um, oh, I hope I didn't do this one already. <laughs> you know, we should okay. probably create a database. Uh, a database. <laughs> Was yeah. that your joke? You were just waiting no, for it. No, it wasn't. It you? wasn't my joke. <laughs> yeah. I am your host, Jason Lafferty. I'm your host, Dylan Dentremont. We are two dudes who review books. All right. I, I took an emotional intelligence quiz. Oh, did you? Damn you. you t- I was going to send, when I was reading this book, I was going to send you an emotional intelligence quiz. Oh, but you know what? This stupid one that I took is now trying oh, to we don't, me don't, for it. Hold on. Don't use the S word. We don't use the S word. What? Can't what use word? the S word. You said S word. Smell? No. You said stupid. Stupid. Yep. I had a You're conversation right. a with word. the daughter the daughter the other day. Mm, and yeah. I was like, you can't use that word. You can, you know, if the daughter ends up, the bean ends up calling a kid, you know, a little, you know, MFer, I'm like, well, was the kid being an MFer? <laughs> I'm like, then I'm okay with it. But if the daughter calls the kids, I'm not okay with that. Mm, right? okay, okay. That's it. That's a scarring word sure so, sure yeah i can yeah. stick with one okay yeah i right. don't know where the energy goes from here because we've we've this is the banter part of of this episode um so yeah I, you know i want you know that uh I, I i thought a lot about this opening um because uh i just watched the um uh hbo docuseries uh that the uh the max it's on max now because it's not hbo anymore i don't know what it's called anymore uh but the docuseries the smartless docuseries which is a very successful podcast i um, i with, listened with to the uh, episode that you recommended by the way oh did you did you listen that. to the krasinski yep. that oh yep. yeah the krasinski episode yeah, yeah absolutely i loved it yeah they their wit, their banter is just infectious. Mm-hmm. And so I've been listening to a lot of that. And um, which is, again, goes back to the whole swearing thing, because yes, <laughs> that that uh, podcast is very much so free flowing with with the F's. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And we were just talking about before this, you know, kind of that PG-13 type thing where we get right. one F. Yeah, you get right. one. We right. get one F, <laughs> right? Um, and then the other podcast I was listening to just before this, which has me all jacked up, 
right? Is I was listening to the How Did This Get Made episode of Fast X. So if you have not watched Fast X yet, you spend your in the movie theater budget time and you go watch it because it is absolutely ridiculous. Um, if you haven't seen the first whatever, doesn't matter, you'll get caught up quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be just fine. You'll be all right. Yeah. So I am all in that in that podcast too. They are very free flowing. Mm-hmm. They're very free flowing with the Fs. Mm. Right. So I yeah, great, great stuff, great docu-series, great, great things. Not that people should tune away from what we're talking about. Because <laughs> uh, we are talking about this is our 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 final final book of the season. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's the number final book. 12. Oh, it's it's fun number 12. So we've read mm-hmm. about 12 books because we we did start a little before the year. We read about 10 books in the last six months. That was a yeah. push. We, <laughs> like, we, we did. Push. We had to work for it. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and it was definitely, it was worth it. We, we read a lot of, of really good books. Um, and, but this last book, last book of the season, um, what a way to end. For sure. Uh, yeah. Amy Jacobson emotional intelligence and then there's more there's where she goes more a simple and actionable guide to increasing performance engagement and ownership and i really mm-hmm. love as i thumb through the book i really love that word uh the ownership part of that thing yeah. um yeah so it, it was it was a great way to finish the season um amy since we're on a first name basis now uh <laughs> amy, amy brings focus um, um, look on how to use uh, EQ in business and everyday life. Breaking down EQ into step-by-step instructions. I'm reading this. You can tell as my tone changes as I'm reading <laughs> it. <laughs> on how to improve your approach to others and how to interact with them on this big blue rock. Uh, the big blue rock was not in Amy's book, uh, even though it is a blue, blue, Her book blue book. Her book is blue. It's true. Her book is yeah. blue, but yeah, I it was i feel like i'm still uh i'm still processing honestly like i did not finish this book too long ago and as i was going through the notes it's kind of like ripping off a band-aid and the the wound was still fresh you're like oh oh yeah i'm still feeling this book i found when i went back to my notes I, I wanted to go back to those sections of the book and, and really have another look at it because every, the, the book is really, um, it's really packed. Uh, it's, it's only uh, 160 pages, but Amy in her like 20 oh, years of experience, awesome. this, this book was only published in 2021. So okay. it's, it's very contemporary. Um, it's 160 australian pages though so <laughs> that makes the book longer do i have to turn them the other direction or <laughs> yes you have to read the book upside down or is it more like a currency exchange <laughs> issue it's a currency exchange thing okay okay but um no it's it's really it's 
packed. Um, and frankly, packed. every packed. chapter just has Bursting. so many, um, so many good things. You know, when when you earlier were asking like what resonated, and I really wanted to say what didn't resonate, <laughs> uh, that would be a much more manageable <laughs> uh, list. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, what didn't resonate was I wasn't a big fan of the number of their barcode. Like, uh, <laughs> no, the I thought the is. illustrations were a little lackluster. <laughs> yeah, uh, but <laughs> there was no, there were no pop-ups in the book. No, there wasn't a four-square thing. thing in there that we're so used well, to. There was not a four-square. No. I feel like that's something Amy needs to change because I'm mm. about, a, we're about four squares. <laughs> now uh, uh, she no. defines or uh, you know in reading through the the opener um there there are several different uh definitions of emotional intelligence the the one that i thought wrapped it up really well was that emotional intelligence is our capacity to deal effectively with our own emotions and those of others and emotional intelligence determines our confidence it determines our interactions with other individuals and it up to and including our responses to conflict and stress. Um, so and a big thing to remember is that pretty much every interaction is some sort of emotional interaction. So you, whatever your strengths or weaknesses are in terms of emotional intelligence, you are practicing those all the time, all, all the, time. the time, all. And that's what's well, one of the things I liked about the book was that whole perspective. So this is our third book and I was actually pulling it up because I'm trying to remember all the books. So we read, we read emotional intelligence, Amy Jacobs, and then we read emotional agility, which was Susan David do you remember the third book? And I only reason I feel like I don't remember it is because it kind of blurred the line. Oh, and it it was actually four books that we called it for emotional intelligence, not three. My my bad. Was um, what did we count over stop overthinking as emotional intelligence? No, which would been which was kind of an emotional intelligence book, uh, but the subtle art of not giving an F. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. And then, and then we also went with discipline as destiny. I, that was going to be the next one I was going to suggest. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because discipline and De is destiny by Ryan Holiday. Uh, is, just name name dropping here. We're just, just, just name. Uh, people need to know your, your buddy. Your Let buddy. Let the good Ryan people Holiday. know what's going on. <laughs> um, but as, as what's funny is that as I was reading through Amy's book. You know, it, it felt like at least once per chapter, I was like, oh, that feels like it's right out of Stoic philosophy, right? Yeah, oh, that 100%. feels like it's right out of other other Stoic philosophy stuff that I've read. Like, um, oh, I have a good, it, there, there are no sacrifices, only choices, you know? And that's yeah. right, that's page 40 out of how she defines that we need to own it, right? That's very, a very Stoic way of looking at it, that we have control over uh, accepting yeah. that something is going to happen. This is out of page 47, accepting that something is going to happen and that the only thing we can control is how we choose to respond to it is where EI comes in. That, that is like that's, classic that's stoic. stoic. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. If, you, if we did like, 
is it emotional intelligence or is it Ryan Holiday? <laughs> yeah, we could almost run like a, that, like a true false kind that, of thing. That's, the, yeah, that's sure. the game we need to play because that it's very it's very true. And you know, just that statement of no sacrifices, only choices is just telling us that you know, in in a stoic look, is you know we control everything, like you were saying, mm-hmm. right? And that emotional intelligence is, again, we control our reactions to it. So if we think mm-hmm. of it as a sacrifice, right, then it's a sacrifice. Yeah, and, yeah another, another, oh, go ahead. I'm so sorry. And I was going to say that, you know, that um, if we think of it as sacrifice and we put our mindset in the sacrifice, that it, mm-hmm. it's a sacrifice and it doesn't feel like a choice, but when you look at it with emotional intelligence or with stoicism, right, we're, we're making the choices to go after what we want to go after. And that's just powerful stuff right there. For sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's almost feels like it's referenced again. You know, we know this is right out of the book. We know that every day brings with it the opportunity to be both optimistic and pessimistic. We can choose our mood and how we will react. This is basically the only real thing we have control of in this world, our emotions and how we choose to react, yeah. right? So, um, and she also makes a lot throughout, sprinkled throughout the book um, between the need to be right and a few other emotional intelligence touchstones. She really doubles down on uh, how problematic ego is, right? And that's, it, right. Again, we got a whole nother book, Ego is the Enemy, that focuses on that very same issue and that managing our ego and that need to be right uh, puts us in a better emotional state to be a good human being. We didn't cover Ego is the Enemy. We we did we? We haven't done, we didn't do it in season one. Obstacles the way, stillness of the key. We didn't, ah. Uh, it's well, it's in it, that three-part series it was We're taking away from amy's set. time but we are dang uh, we, it sorry amy yeah. i'm sorry uh, no you don't apologize. we talked about sorry too that's we, that's that's oh, a whole we, other section we're, we're gonna get into sorry <laughs> def- definitely gonna get into sorry um but yeah uh we maybe i mean ryan holiday i'm assuming he's been in the last two seasons uh spoiler alert he'll probably show up in season three it's 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 kind of true not, not as unless a guess, we but it's a, really a <laughs> unless we really change the format of our show somehow but yeah yes yeah. yes we're gonna go complete dr seuss that's the new <laughs> children's books here we go <laughs> yeah uh, although incidentally that wouldn't leave ryan holiday out but we're here to talk about <laughs> emotional intelligence here we are distracted so, again so um i mean okay so but it's a night episode like you gotta realize no it's true that it's a night episode more should almost be a different podcast yeah it is because it's it's like peach pit after dark like that's where we're (laughs) at right now because 90 percent of the time we're doing these in the morning and Mm -hmm. we're not and uh if unless you're drinking like a sparkling apple cider there you drink some martinelli's in my house we call this near beer uh, <laughs> this is athletic brewing company non-alcoholic ipa uh <laughs> wow that may feel like that's commitment right there <laughs> <laughs> uh the the wine mm-hmm. i was drinking was wine wine um and it was 
I don't even know who it was. It was good. <laughs> That's what it was. It was good. Cabernet Merlot. No, it was red. <laughs> it was. It, sometimes wine is like Gatorade. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's a it's a night episode, which makes it a little bit more squirrely. Let's. I mean, let's just be honest with it. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. We're, we're a little bit squirrely at night. She, she covers the elephant in the room. <laughs> she does. You're, you're like chapter dropping here, left and right. I, may, maybe I am. Uh, well, speaking of de-squirreling. Um, well, I, was, I had a question. That's why oh, okay. you have a question. Right. Do you want to go with your question or my question? No, go ahead. If you've got Point one, let's do it. No, I, what I was just going to say is this being the fourth book, mm-hmm. right? And what we've kind of asked ourselves throughout the podcast, you know, is how did this book bring you closer to dot, dot, dot? Mm-hmm. right and in this case is how did this book bring you closer to emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and i feel like i've i've thought a lot about this answer and i'm really curious on what your answer is here i i would say yes <laughs> just flat out yes mic just drop flat out yes <laughs> the question is how did this book bring it the, the question is how did this book bring me closer to intelligence yes it did and here's how um, it actually did a really good job weaving um, the the strands of it helped me see the connections, I think, a little bit better between um, between stoicism and leadership and um, the language that we use uh, between the attitude and the language and the communication she did a really good job kind of packaging it all together and highlighting the connections between our mindset and our communication and even bits of our communication that we don't really think about. So I think that highlighting those connections between those concepts did bring me closer to emotional intelligence. And I appreciated that. It's a different, it's a different angle than I've seen from the other books that we've read. Yeah, I mean, uh, the it's a great way to finish the emotional intelligence series for this mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> I think what really helped me was uh, I I love the step by step in here, which is which is always good. Mm-hmm. I, I like a step by step because you know I'm, I'm a man about action. I want I want something sure. that's going to help me show action. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love the way it made me think about people. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're in the very beginning of the book, they talk about empathy. Yes. Um, and I was a big fan of talking about empathy. And there's, I, I you know, I, I wrote show notes and I don't have my, my, my empathy show notes here. Uh, but when they talk about kind of the step-by-step of, of looking at empathy. Uh, l- number one, listen and ask open questions. Yes. Uh, number two, acknowledge and pause. Number three, and this is again where language is important. How do we fix this? Yes. Not how do you fix this or what can I do for you? How do we fix this? And then following on with actions, like kind of putting your your money where your mouth is and following through and then support, right? That again, that support and that follow through to make sure yeah. that 
we've done those. When she breaks down how to be empathetic, those are the steps that yeah. she lists. It, and just in my classroom today, actually, it was kind of funny. I had uh, a group that was struggling with a math problem and another group that had completed it. And so the group that completed it, I said, hey, go out, go out to the rest of the people that are working and help them, help the other groups. And so this help, kid, help the peeps. Yeah, help the other students out, right? Uh, we're working on statistics. Some of it's kind of tricky. Fourth graders needed a little support. Um, so a student from that group comes over to another group, and I just happened to be nearby. I'm not following this kid around, but he jumps in there and he <laughs> He, he takes one look at their work and he says, oh, well, you messed up this thing right here. And I say, yeah, well, hold emotional on. intelligence, emotional right there. On. Just ask them what they were working on there, because you don't know if that's what you think it is or what yes. they were even doing. He says, oh, OK, OK, OK. So what were you doing in this part right here? And they explained to him and he says, oh, well, you messed up this number, too. I said, stop ask a question instead of yeah. making an accusation like that he says oh okay why did you use this number here yeah. right and and it was great to hear that conversation against the backdrop kind of of this book and be like well that's him assuming within his own mind that he has all the answers and the other group is just completely lost right and that yeah. he needs to grab their hand and pull and them he, towards understanding. And he's the only one who can fix it. Exactly. Right. Whereas a more emotionally intelligent or empathetic perspective says, ask some questions, do some fact finding, acknowledge where they are. Yes. All of the numbers that they had up there were correct numbers for what they were trying to do. Yeah. They, they had a, a home and a series of questions would have led them to the understanding that they needed to have that would allow them to to conquer the problem correctly. Whereas his, you know, finger shaking and accusations that they don't know yeah. what they're doing is not really helping them. It's it certainly not making them happy anything. to receive his help. Yeah. Yeah. So slowing it down a little bit, opening with questions, acknowledging that that's kind of the big deal with empathy there. It, it it is, and, and I I really liked, and then, I mean, with this, I think this is like uh, the first few chapters is that that rolls in here, and I feel like that kind of sets the tone for the book when we start we start talking about empathy and we start talking about you know and you know having the being and you know her being four, uh, mm. the world revolves around her. Yeah, it, it's you're four, right? Sure. And kind of helping, you know, having those conversations around how do you think mommy felt? How do you think mm -hmm. daddy feels? Mm -hmm. Right. And really kind of, you know, running that process, but helping her run that process. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's yeah. what kids need, right? All the way. I also saw uh, as a teacher pre and post COVID. I, I saw a big gap, uh, a, an empathy uh, gap kind of spring up uh, between where we were with pre-COVID uh, students and post-COVID yeah. students. And that those few years did make a difference and they do need more support with yeah. understanding people's emotions, 
taking time to understand that the world does not revolve around them um, and, and just even to acknowledge other people's kindnesses is sometimes difficult for them. Um, so yeah, empathy is huge um, and is a, definitely a critical part of emotional intelligence. <laughs> definitely a critical part of emotional intelligence. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we, we agree. This, this book was a, a way to end the, the emotional intelligence for this season. It was a great pick. I think it was one of your picks. I don't know how you came about it, but I think it was one of your picks. Um, it's a solid book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> I'm not. You, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the next question we usually ask is, you know, do you agree? Do you disagree with this book? And I, I said it in posts. Um, post, pre, pre. I said it in pre. We're, we're not posting. Like, I said it and I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I said it in pre. That uh, that just doesn't sound right. I don't like pre. I said it in post production pre. I like Dur- during planning. Oh, planning production. <laughs> yeah, I, I said it in planning that I, I don't even know how that's a question here because yeah, you know, we've learned a lot already, and I feel like the Amy Jacobson uh, just kind of helps solidify this even further. Mm-hmm. And helped really push, you know, I, it really, I think this book really just helped me think about emotional intelligence and the role it plays in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this was a great book. It's a great book. I, I uh, remember... Mic drop, mic drop, over. Boom. Boom. Podcast, episode done, but mic drop done. Like this okay. is, it, it's, it's but I, but I, oh, we, it, we got stuff to talk about. We got, words, we, got word, we got words to talk about. We got words and stuff. Um, words, <laughs> words and stuff. For me, reading through this book, I felt like like almost every page was like, oh, I do this at school, or oh, this jives with what I know about stoicism, yeah. or oh, my wife was telling me about this same thing just the other day, right? Like it felt like every page was um, maybe not quite resonating, but felt familiar right but then again drawing those connections yeah. right it's not so much uh, 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 almost everything in here agreed with me i can't think of a thing in there that i didn't agree with but <laughs> the, again drawing the connections between those concepts i think was key for me did you feel that the book because you were agreeing with everything and because you were you feel like it were just resonating left and right do you feel like it was was overload? I wouldn't say so. And, and I think the reason for that, the reason that that's my perspective is that I felt like she didn't dwell on any one thing for what felt like too long. Yeah. I think this book, it, it really is packed with a lot, but she transitions from section to section. It's only 160 pages, right? So it was um, 160 Australian pages, remember? Australian pages. We'll have to look up the exchange rate on that. Um, but I, I really felt like because she made those transitions so smoothly that I never ended up feeling overloaded. So it still worked well for me. So I thought I felt overloaded and it had nothing to do with uh, the writing. Mm -hmm. It had to do with ideas that I was getting from the writing and how it was resonating with me. Mm -hmm. Like I would read something and I'm like, oh, I just did that. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I just, oh, oh yeah. And then, you know, and then I had to stop and think, I'm like, okay, I'm overthinking something I did a while ago because of what I just read. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think the ideas that I got, the, the churn that it caused me made me kind of get this overload where I found myself making frequent stops in the book to either take notes or to go, okay, I need a break so I can process. I get that. I get that. And, and to me, that was good on and good on her, good on Amy to Mm -hmm. to write a book that is, is able to do that because Mm -hmm. it was, it's a, it's a good book. Yeah. I, I felt like in those moments, I felt like I was getting uh, sort of like a look under the hood a little no. bit, like for a lot of these, um, you know, when I, w- when something would resonate as something that I do in the classroom, I would be like, you know, that was a thing that I just sort of did not necessarily because I was, I was taught to do it per se, but, you know, a decade of trial and error has led me to a place where this is how I treat students or this is how I interact with coworkers or this is how I interact with, you know, my bosses or whatever. Um, for me, it was like a, a, a little light bulb would go off and it'd be like, oh, okay, this makes yeah. sense. This is why I do this. Yeah, this it actually, it's, it's not, uh, this is something, and the better I understand it, the better I, cause I, uh, I take on student teachers, right. I'm, I'm a, I'm a mentor within the district for new hires and for student teachers. What's that? <laughs> I, I do coaching, but it's for teachers, but, um, the better, you do, you better. do all those things. You you're always yeah. in those things. And that's, that's, I mean, you're always involved in making things, making sure people understand things. Yeah. And the better I understand it, it's hard for me to say, you know, whatever, just be empathetic, right? Like, and, <laughs> and, and a lot of, a lot of people, that's how they are. They, like, I had a, um, I had a boss at the Coho Cafe, incidentally. Oh, um, yeah, the hell? And I, I won't use any names, but she was a wonderful, wonderful manager. Absolutely. Oh. My, my favorite manager. Um, you could probably have a really good idea about who I'm talking about already, but, um, I remember her saying, you know, you can't teach warmth. And I remember hearing that and thinking to myself, you know, my young self, like, oh, okay, this must be true. But that has also stuck with me over time. And now that I've been in the business of teaching for a decade, I'm like, well, but, but can't you? And the better, the better we understand it and can put steps to it. Like, this is how your face should look. This is how your body (laughs) language should be. These are the questions you should be asking. These are the tone you should be using. Maybe, maybe we can teach it. And I think empathy falls into that same category. There are definitely people that just have it. They've got it good for them, but there are a lot of good on them. Yeah. Right. Core, core skill. But there are a lot of uh, people and you know I of course deal with a lot of kids that that don't have that skill and the better I understand it the better I'm able yeah. to pass that on and help kids get it too yeah and you yeah it is it's one of those I probably would do a whole podcast just on the statement you can't teach warmth because in one mm-hmm. way I could be like oh you can't teach warmth 
but the other way you're like oh but you can right and it's like oh you can't mm-hmm. but you can teach awareness and how to to be it like it's it's a very debatable topic and i have like i feel like rabbit hole here where we could mm-hmm. we could just go down this but yeah i think i know i also think i know who you're talking about yeah and she I, was, I she would was also, a great manager yeah yeah i think there's also something to be said for for practice i think some people are put in a position yes you know like for example if you're the older sibling of um another child that has special needs um i i think you're much more likely to develop those empathy and patience skills um that that you need to have in order to be a good caregiver and family participant Whereas if you don't, if you don't grow up in that place, then it's going to take longer for those skills to develop. It's not, well, it's that also you the, op- it's opportunity. Yes. That's what we're talking right? about, right? You're getting reps in that skill every yeah. day or every other day or every hour in some cases, right? So for people that don't grow up in an environment where they're, those skills are encouraged or where they get practice, or maybe it's a whole different set of skills that's expected of them then yeah, it's going to take longer. They're going to need more instruction. But I, yeah. I, I do think a lot of these skills can be taught. Oh, and oh, I think hundred oh, percent. And I think that's the real beauty for me. Uh, one of the real beauties of Amy Jacobson's book is that it helps me. To what, what was that book called again? Uh, emotional Amy. intelligence. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it helped me to understand kind of the underpinnings of a lot of these skills that yeah. I sort of take for granted. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on that note, I think it's time. I think it is dad joke time. Okay. All I right. Have, I have one locked and loaded. I feel like this is a good time to, to drop some dad jokes, but um, uh, you picked the book. So I would like to give you the opportunity to go first. Okay. Um, ugh, I hope I didn't do this one already. <laughs> you know, we should probably create a database. Uh, a database <laughs> was yeah. that your joke you were just waiting no for it wasn't it, it wasn't my joke <laughs> yeah. um what do you call a hybrid of an elephant and a rhino Ooh, hell if i know yeah you're, you're close it's just elephino <laughs> <laughs> oh I, um, I tried the joke with rhinofint and nobody got it. So I right. decided to switch it up a little bit. Rhinofint. I was rhinofint. at the zoo recently and I think I saw a rhinofint. I, I, I have a, I, a very short, funny, slightly funny story about the zoo. Uh, my, my wife and children were off in another city doing a violin thing that had some time to kill. You went um, to the zoo alone, didn't you? Again? Well, well, so my wife texts me. <laughs> We're going on a picnic. And so I see this text. Cool. They're going on a picnic. I go back to my book. And then she sends me a picture of a cougar. And in my head, they're on a picnic. And then there's a cougar. And so I send her a text message like, I didn't know you invited this kitty to your picnic. And I don't get a response. (laughs) Wait, and so, so I is this your way of text. telling me that you're you're now? Ha ha! Uh, sure, hope you uh, went to the zoo or something? Question mark? Manic face? 
and she's still not texting me back. So finally, I pinged my teenage daughter and like, hey, did you guys go to the you, zoo or something? And her like, I'm, I'm like panicking. And she just texts back, YUP, yup. And I'm like, <laughs> and I texted back because your mother had me believing that you were eaten by a cougar. So... <laughs> Oh my God. I, I can't, I mean, the joke I have won't top that, that amazingness that you just presented us. <laughs> well, give it a shot anyway. You don't know until you try. Um, what makes a dad joke, a dad joke? Oh, when it groans in size really deeply. It's apparent. It's a parent. It's a parent. Ah, I love it. I love it. It finally grew up. It became a parent. <laughs> I yeah. dig it. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Let, let's talk about let's talk about what resonates in this book. And and people can before we get to resonates, you know, all our listeners, our, our four listeners that are out there, our, our four to ten listeners. Uh you know, if the dad jokes aren't working for you and you'd like us to change this next season, um, please don't let us know because we're going to keep telling dad jokes. And, like, <laughs> wait, wait, we need to talk about empathy again. Please let us know. And we will, uh, there you go. That's the we will lie to you that we uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Uh, what's the one thing? I mean, this is hard. I feel like this is a hard yeah. question when we really mm -hmm. get into this. But I, I Dylan, I, I, you know, what is that one thing that's like, wow, Amy, you just hit it out of the park. Grand, grand slam, home run, touchdown, three-pointer. Is that, that's a thing, right? Sure. <laughs> I don't know what sport, is it Quidditch or something? I don't know, but... Um, uh, the the it, this is a big one and this is covered really early in the book and it helps it's really more of a perspective and it's just an acknowledgement that everything we make everything we buy everything we do fulfills an emotional need and the sooner you get to a space where you can identify what that emotional need is in yourself or in others like the more successful you can be in all of your interactions uh, kind of regardless of what your goal ends up being yeah. but that that concept that kind of a bigger umbrella sort of perception idea that everything that we make or do or buy or say um, is all constructed to fulfill an emotional need. And the sooner you can cut to that place then and, and, and acknowledge and understand those emotional needs, kind of the better off you'll be. That was the big one for me. How about you? Well, I, actually, I have a follow-up on that. So, oh, sure. So, we, I mean, we're on our fourth book. Mm -hmm. uh, why, why did that one hit home? You know... It, uh, I'm going to break away for a second. I, I do jujitsu, right? And um, one thing that one of my senseis had said uh, 
a few years back was um, in jujitsu, you can think about it as like moves. Like we think about moves as steps that we take to get ourselves to a submission. And he used the example of hand fighting. He said, I know I'm going to grab your hand and you're going to try to use your other hands and twist and machinate to get me to break that grip. He said, but in the meantime, I'm using other parts of my body while you're distracted with breaking my grip. I'm using other parts of my body to gain position on you. Um, and in jujitsu, like ultimately you gain position, position ends up resulting in control and control is how you work your way to a submission. At, at the lower ranks or lower levels of understanding, you're trying to do a move. Whereas at the higher levels of understanding, you recognize that before moves have any importance really at all, you have to establish position. This idea is a, is a big important idea and resonates so well that if you're thinking about how you interact with people as moves, like I'm gonna ask this thing in a certain way, I'm gonna lead using this strategy or this technique that I read in a book or even in this book. <laughs> if, that's, if that's where you are, that's not terrible, but those are moves. Whereas understanding that as a leader or as a father or as a teacher, or as a mentor, I have emotional needs and the people around me have emotional needs, um, whether they're students or coworkers or my super supervisors, what are, are parents, right? Everyone has emotional needs. That gives me the advantage of position. And not so much that it's an advantage per se, but that it, yeah. the, it, like it, advantage has the connotation that I'm going to use it to control what the other person is doing. And I don't like that. But the advantage is that it lets me get, it lets me help them satisfy their emotional needs more expeditiously, which feels good for me. Because even if I'm doing stuff for other people, I'm still fulfilling my own emotional needs. And I can acknowledge that about myself. Right. So I, I think that was kind of a long winded explanation to your question. The difference is, is this is not a specific phrase or tagline or technique. It's, it's a whole perspective that once we get that everything everyone is doing, even the stuff that we're doing comes from an emotional need. And once we get that, or at least start asking those questions, um, then it puts us in a much better position to fulfill our emotional needs and to help fulfill the emotional needs of others. So, so that statement then really helps you, your mindset position, go to a place of people's actions, no matter what it is, are based on emotions. Yes. And so really, and that thing that keeps coming up, and I don't know how to interweave this without just saying it, but it really just, it kept coming up that you kind of, that statement kind of helped you go from emotional checkers to emotional chess. Yeah. Right. I, it helped I, you think fact, about yeah. strategy mm -hmm. versus just, I'm, I'm jumping this to do this mm -hmm. to gain, to gain position. It's a, about some emotional strategy. 
And I, I like that. I like the way that that makes, like, I like that deeper meaning to that statement, mm-hmm. right? And how, and it, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about around uh, empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you think about empathy, you think about putting yourself in someone else's position, right? And mm-hmm. when you think about what people's actions are, you're now thinking about their emotional needs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Even, even that kid that's, that's acting out, right? And a, a lot of adults, I think teachers have got a lot better about this, but a, a lot of adults are kind of quick in the moment or after the fact to just, you know, attach a label to that. Um, But ultimately, everything that that child is doing is fulfilling an emotional need. And you can take that and you can extend that to everything that the, the people around you, your coworkers or anybody else is doing, good, bad or indifferent, they're they're doing to fulfill an emotional need. Even if that emotional need is just, uh, it feels nice that I'm the breadwinner for my family or something, it can be something simple. It doesn't need to be a complex emotional need, but it's still there to fulfill an emotional need. And when we, you know, we conflict arises when we get between people and their emotional needs or their emotional needs conflict with what our emotional needs are. Um, And that's when we start to run into problems. Well, and you know, it makes me think about the bean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're dealing with a, a four-year-old, uh, emotional needs are, are pretty apparent in everything, mm-hmm. right? They're doing something because they need emotional need. It is pretty much a four-year-old's kind of mindset. It's sure, you know, but the same thing when you read the statement, the same thing's true for adults. Yes. It's just not as black and white as it is <laughs> with a four-year-old. Well, and... I will say, I, I will say with kids, you know, it, it's something something makes you angry or, or upset, right? You're able on a scale of one to ten, you're able to often be like, you know what, this is this makes me angry, but it doesn't make me that angry. Maybe oh, I'm a oh two. no, not at all. Fly off the handle. I all the stoicism, all the uh, Ryan Hall just goes out the window stuff. as soon as somebody cuts no. you off in traffic. No, burning bridges <laughs> to the ground. You parked in my parking <laughs> spot. I will light your car on fire. Yeah, but, no, but you're right. You know, you're 100 percent right. There, there's this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is this. Uh, you're able to let things slide. You're able to let yeah. things go. You're able to emotionally. That's that emotional agility. I'm pointing to the book you can't see that that is, is out screen. of screen. Yeah, yeah the, the Susan David book. We're talking emotional agility here. We're talking mm-hmm. about emotional regulation. Yeah, kids have a but, a lot harder time with that. And the younger of a child, fire hose, fire hose yep, of emotion. They go from zero to nine or ten. You know, kind of at <laughs> yeah. the drop of a hat on that yeah. scale of one to ten, or maybe even eleven or twelve. Right, and even uh, kids' brains are still developing all the way through their teens, sometimes into their early 20s, right? And, you know, uh, I've even thought about how much sometimes I've Sometimes into their 40s. 
I've thought about how much I've grown in the last 10 years. And like, I think about stuff that I said and did 10 years ago in my early thirties. And I was like, what was wrong with me? Yeah, I thought I was mature, but what was I thinking? (laughs) Like, and I'm sure when I look back at some of the stuff that I've done as a 40 year old, you know, when I'm 50 or 60, I'll be like, what was I thinking? Right. So uh, I think it's, um, it's good to continue to maintain perspective and to learn and grow, but a lot of change, including the ability to regulate one's emotion um, are a long time coming. And with young children, especially it, it takes a lot of time and takes a lot of practice and the better job we do as adults modeling and supporting a moderated emotional response and emotional intelligence kind of the better off our our kids and the kids that we're around will be yeah that you know even at the beginning of this year i mean we read we read 10 books since the beginning mm-hmm. of the year mm-hmm. and there's been a change in perspective just that one statement that we just talked about there's been a change in perspective mm-hmm. over over the last 10 books we've read. I mean, you think mm-hmm. about everything that we've read and everything we've talked about is because of this learning and growing and everything we're doing. For sure. Ma'am. Oi. So resonated with me since you're yeah, not asking. Yeah, resonated with you, And dude. you tried well, to ask. And I, I tried. Shot you and you like, just, I shot that plane down. You're like, no, not, we're talking about your thing. Not in my airspace. <laughs> yeah. What resonated um, with you, dude? Okay, so there's a lot. There's a lot that resonated with me in this book, and that I know that we're not going to get into. It's just, it's just what it is. But uh, the, the words that we use, okay, and, yep. and that that subtext with the words. Um, as I'm reading this this section of the book, and mm-hmm. um, I can hear you thumbing to find the page. No, oh, I was thumbing over through Sheever. my notes. Oh, yeah, oh, over <laughs> over <Sheever>. uh, <laughs> Um. Well, it was that as I'm reading this, I'm like, I just sent an email that said, I'm just following up, seeing Mm -hmm. how things are going, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you talk about emotional need, right, that's my emotional need for reassurance. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my emotional need. I mean, that's me not treating people like whole, resourceful, capable, and creative. That's me going, are are they failing? Are they doing this? Right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of these words that are are used. The the I'm sorry's. Yeah. Right? I... (laughs) There's there's a word I want to use to go with I'm sorry, but I'm going to... I'm going to hold back because you know we we're a we're a pg uh, <laughs> we're a pg podcast uh we're a pg operation at this yeah, time but i i'm very free with the i'm sorry mm-hmm. i will give my i'm sorry away to a lot of people and, you know and to be to be fair to amy she does she doesn't say she i think she even states you know, I'm not telling people to stop saying sorry. Sorry is an yeah. important word in our language. However, when you use it in a certain way, right? When you use it to 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 sublimate or lessen yourself, kind of yes. frankly, for no good reason, 
that's that's when it starts to become a problematic language. Yes. And when I'm using it, I'm, you know, it made me really think like, it made me think how and when I'm using it. And mm-hmm. am I using it because I want to fill an emotional need of still being liked? I may not mm-hmm. be wrong, but mm-hmm. am I bringing something up where I'm like, oh, I have to apologize here because they're not going to like me anymore if I don't. Right. I know. I and that's, and that's what she's talking too. about that. She's mm-hmm. talking about that right there Yeah. of, you know, uh, that, that emotional fulfillment that I'm trying to get by using the sorry. And it's really made me think about my, the, the word choice I'm using and following up with um, the, I'm just checking in the, I'm sorry's, um, it made me think about the awkward the awkward silence are you okay's mm. right the, the are you okay that's an emotional need fulfillment thing yeah right there so that that word use it just <coughs> it hit home and it hit home maybe it just hit home because of the timing of me reading this book because i'm sure if i read it again in a year there'd be something else yeah, and would, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course it's okay. Emotional need to say it's okay. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> My need to reassure you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it's it's those words that we use and those the words that we choose to use. And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I mean, we just we read uh, "Stop Overthinking" by was it Nick Trenton. Um, we'll bring another book into this uh, whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But when we, when, you know, talking about stop overthinking, I'm not telling people to go overthink about every word and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a that's a Lafferty trait. I I overthink a whole bunch of stuff and stop overthinking and really helped me this year mm-hmm. uh, because of that. And it's more of this this you know analyzing, not overanalyzing, just kind of analyzing the words sure. that we're using scanning back through a few emails looking at an email going okay why am i really why am i really writing this email to this person Mm -hmm. and why am i not being truthful with it versus just checking in Mm -hmm. you doing okay you do you need anything i thought you might like this Uh (laughs) yeah yeah and and people see that and people say, well, but I, I think that some people some, see it. Some people, right? I think that it's important. I think what's it, I, I feel like what's important here is just an acknowledgement that why am I sending this email? Why am I generating this communication yeah. that I'm going to ship into somebody else's box? Because oh, <laughs> that's something we're not getting into is the email. Section. She had a whole that, she had a whole no, section on we're talking emails. about the CCs and the, mm-hmm. yeah yep. yep I'm reading that and I'm looking at my inbox of emails and I'm like mm-hmm. oh my god oh my god you're so right in so many yep. levels why yeah why am I CC'd on this email at all but just <laughs> you, just when <laughs> when you get to that when you get to that point where you can start to be like wait why am I doing this? What's the why? Where's the emotional need? Am I trying to help somebody else with their emotional needs or what I think their emotional needs are? Or am I just attending to my emotional needs? And now that I recognize that that's what I'm doing, is that what I want to be doing right now? 
Yeah. Right. Do I want to feel like I'm emotionally needy or do I want to go do something else and, and have a better use of my time? Right. So, yeah, I think that that section, the, the emotional undertone of the words that we use that particular section, I would agree a hundred percent was a very powerful section. And I, it's one of those things that I, I could start over analyzing it really quick on mm -hmm. when people bring me things or sure. when I bring other people things like it could go slippery slope. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm like wild waves all up on that emotional slide. Wild, wild waves for our international listeners <laughs> is a water park <laughs> here in Washington <laughs> that's only open three weeks a year because that's how much sun we get. But but Enchanted Village is right next to it. It's open a little bit. And, and then when it's and then it's a spirit Halloween store for the other yeah, for the yeah. remaining nine months of the year. <laughs> the other 49 <laughs> weeks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh where can you apply what you've learned in this book? Where where do you where do you apply this to your goals in your life? You know, th this book really is packed to the gills with just so many good pieces and kind of like what, what you were saying earlier about um, what you're getting from it now and what's resonating with you now may be different, you know, had you read it three yeah. weeks ago or three weeks in the future. But the one that I was feeling here is she's got a great section talking about uh, how, the contagiousness of emotions, um, the contagiousness of happiness, the contagiousness of negativity. Um, I think we've all felt it at one point or another. And the, the one thing that I would kind of be applying to my goals here would be, I found some meetings uh, that I've been in lately to just be um, not as positive uh, and and kind of positive emotionally as I kind of wish they were. And I've, um, because of me fulfilling my emotional needs to avoid conflict, I've stayed fairly <laughs> neutral. Um, uh, I stayed fairly neutral and just kind of just let some of that happen. But one of the really great things that she pointed out is that we don't have to let that happen. We don't have to let one or two kind of um, negative folks kind of color the whole meeting. It's okay uh, to push back against that. And the way that we push back against that is through our own positivity. Um, and not like Pollyanna positivity, not fake positivity, but just really being genuine and caring and involved and engaged um, as it as much as we are able to, right? I think the trick is, is if you're not being genuine with your engagement and your positivity, I think people are going to see right through that. Yeah. But there have been many times where like a meeting topic will come up that I'm excited about and somebody will say something negative. And rather than me sharing how excited I am about that, I'll say nothing. Um, and I think that that's a, looking back through this book and trying to be a little bit more emotionally intelligent. Um, I think that that's the wrong call. I think that actually to share how excited I am about it and that what can we do that everybody can be excited about and what can we do to make this interesting for everybody, I think is going to be far more positive and productive for the meeting than letting 
you know, some of the negativity just yeah. kind of suffuse the topic. Well, it can be both sides too. It doesn't have to be negativity. It's that it's, you know, it's not called out in the book, but it's that alpha emotion, that emotion mm. that's, and you could even throw it as a, a, a toxic emotion and toxic mm. could mean just if we're toxically positive all the time, we're not mm -hmm. getting down. We're toxically optimistic. We're not getting down to those things that are really happening. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that I, I try to convey to, with the bean is it's okay to be frustrated. Mm -hmm. Right. It's okay to be frustrated. Um, but you need to talk to that person you're frustrated with. Mm -hmm. And I, I make her look me in the eye. I think I've said this before on the podcast. I make her mm -hmm. look me. In the eye. Sometimes she put her forehead against my forehead. Yeah. Look, look, <laughs> look me in the eye. <clears throat> but you, I make her look me in the eye and make her have that conversation and stand mm -hmm. in the face of that emotion and say, Hey, I'm not happy with this. And, mm -hmm. and the other day while we were watering the garden, I bumped the welcome to the garden sign with the hose and she got mad at me and she ran off. Right. And I go find her in the yard and she's like, don't talk to me. I'm mad at you. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know why you're mad at me. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know why. So it's okay to be mad at me, but I, I don't know why you're mad. So mm -hmm. do you want to let me in on it so we can talk about it? And she told me, she's like, you hit my sign. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't mean to. Mm -hmm. And it's that, and it's really hard for a four-year-old because you have these things where they will go, <laughs> four-year-olds, they will go off. Yeah. And, you know, later, I think even later that weekend, she was like, yeah, she was mad at me and she just wouldn't, she, we were, I wouldn't do something that she wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. And she just screamed through a fit, through a tantrum. I'm like, no, this isn't okay. Mm -hmm. like, you can well, be we mad. We talk about, right, the, the, the being able to regulate the yeah. intensity of the emotion. Yeah. Like if somebody, if I came to your house and you had a sign out and I, I bumped it, you, you done, might be done like. So burn bridge over, <laughs> podcast you, over. I, in my head, it goes a little oh, different. Oh, oh, I feel like you, you, you you might say something internally, but upon seeing that your sign is fine, you know, yeah. on the irritation or anger scale, you might have gone up to a one yeah. for like a second before you went back to, yeah. can I get you a beer or did, whatever? Yeah. Right? Did you fall, did you run into the sign and fall down on your butt and get hurt? <laughs> like, dude, are you, are you okay? Are like, you okay? Yeah. Whereas you, oh, you with hit the sign. Well, okay. Whatever. You know, that same, that little bump of irritation yeah. runs all the way up to a nine or a 10 on a 10 point oh, scale. Uh, sorry, a 14. A 14. A 14 on a five point scale. <laughs> very, we're dealing with four year olds here. Right. Yeah. And so they can, without having a lot of control over the valence and intensity no. of their emotions, they can quickly yeah. fly off the handle over such a little thing. They don't they don't have the emotional control yet. Yeah. And there are plenty of people, and we unfortunately we see this in the news entirely too often, where some small slight um, incites someone to make decisions that are consistent with like really flying off the handle yeah. over something that's not really a very big deal. Somebody cuts me off in traffic, I'm not gonna lie, it irritates me for about a quarter of a second. 
And then I realized that this is not going to keep me from going to my yeah. destination or significantly delay me or anything like that. And I get over it and I move on with my life. And unfortunately, there are some adults that are unable to have that level of emotional control for a variety of reasons, right? It's not a character flaw. It's possible that if I was having a really crappy day and I felt like that was the last straw, maybe I would have a deeper reaction. Mm. But that that is an important thing for four-year-olds and all people to yeah. learn, right? Is that we do have to talk that stuff through. Okay. And it's okay as adults to put yourself on timeout too, whether it's yep. from other adults or it's from your four-year-old. Well, <laughs> I've had to, do, you, I've had to do that in the classroom, right? Yeah. Where, where Walk I walk outside, I, take a smoke. Yeah. I felt like my, my button has been pushed one yeah. too many times. And what I'll, what I'll do is I, i I try to, I really, really try to not talk to my students when I'm angry. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it's not, a, usually I'll wait until I can kind of come out of that emotional fog and be a little bit yeah. more specific. So I'll take a little bit of a break, like from 30 seconds off it, my breaks are getting shorter and shorter and shorter as I get more experience, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll then be able to circle back. Wait, around. you're let I me mean, legally, they're supposed to give you breaks. Like I, that's, that's a legal, yeah. like there's a, there's an HR thing. I mean, people Sometimes, listen <laughs> often, but um, you know, if a, if a student is doing something that's, that's bothering me, yeah, then I'll either try to address it in a really empathetic way. Hey, what are you up to there? Yeah. You know, what are you trying to do? Um, yeah. But if it's, if it's happened several times and I feel like my buttons are being pushed, by the way, there's almost never the case. Uh, I yeah. can count on one hand in 10 years, the number of times that a student has deliberately tried to irritate me on purpose. Um, uh, and that's, out of you know hundreds of students that I've worked with, so it it does not happen as often as people yeah. think because most of the time kids are not thinking about you; they're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about getting their own emotional, emotional need. Emotional exactly. need. So yeah. you know now that I've got to that place where I know that it's not really about me and that my feeling is my feeling and that it's their actions are not targeted. I'm able to kind of pop out of that irritation stage and have those uh, empathetic conversations and get up to a little bit more of a problem solving place. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, with all that said there, um, to me, what I hear in that is connecting with people. And that's mm -hmm. what I what I took away from this book is connecting with people. When I talk about what resonated with me and the use of words, the whole thing came down to connecting with people. Yeah. I like connecting with people. We started this podcast because you and I were um, not connecting during the pandemic and mm -hmm. we were reading books and we started talking and that, you know, that's how this kind of came about, but it's all about connecting with people. And when I think about goals for myself in this, I think about how can I use my words differently to connect with people? How can I be most, more emotionally aware of people's needs and kind of what they're looking for mm -hmm. and figuring out ways to make sure I'm not shutting that down? Um, I 
it made me think a lot about, and again, this was that, you know, kind of drinking from a fire hose sometimes for everything that the book triggered for me, but it was improv. When we talk about improv, it's that yes. And it's that, you know, um, it's that accept, elevate, you know, change type thing. Sure. And all that, all this connection in this book really just made me think and i don't know the exact goal yet i don't know the smart goal or whatever it is but it is going to be centered around my connection with people whether it's you or our four listeners or family <laughs> i keep downgrading i think we we're at 10 at one point in time but... <laughs> yeah yeah well, good book amy Amy Jacobson, Emotional Intelligence, read it. Uh, we did not cover everything in it. Um, and you know what? We're never going to cover everything in every book here. Uh, but it That's is not it the is, goal. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not the goal. The goal is the conversation. And mm -hmm. this, was, this was a great book and a good conversation about, you know, how we interact and how we connect with people. Who do you so. think this book would be good for before, before we sign off? You know what? Um, what I really like about this book is I like the steps. When we talked about the mm -hmm. um, um, we talked about the empathy, right? This book yeah. is is riddled with steps. There's a plethora of steps, a plethora of riddled a, steps. A veritable cornucopia. <laughs> a veritable cornucopia of plethora riddled steps. Boom. I feel like I would trip on those steps. <laughs> All the steps. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of steps in it. And I, I think this mm -hmm. is for this is a person that, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at in life, whether it doesn't matter profession or, you know, it, where you're going to use it, if it's professionally or if it's, you know, for, you know, just a parent, if your four-year-old is emailing you and you need to set up new email meeting rules, use the book like those four-year-olds it's it's those four-year-olds i mean those they're influencers now they're, <laughs> they're youtube stars like, yeah it's it's four people that are looking for steps and i think amy jacobson did a great job of of capturing that in the book and i i could see myself gifting this book to somebody that i i saw that was struggling with that sure yeah. So where, where did it land for you? Who are you gifting this book to? Um, I, I would say like, um, first of all, you challenged me to do this one in, in five words. So <laughs> limiting me to five words, is a, a steep okay, so challenge. That, that was in pre, oh, I did it right that time. It was in you pre. Did it right when that I time. Gave that, yep. uh, so yeah. my five word response was young professionals growing leadership skills. That was my five word response. I, I do you're stand adding, by that. I think I'll, five now. I'll, I'll uh, yes, <laughs> I have to elucidate. Um, elucidate. Um, but I, I do think that more people than that could benefit from the book. But yeah. in my mind, this is the book is tuned a little bit more to business yeah. and corporate environments. She has you know, an entire chapter on email etiquette, right? Yeah. And so I think that 
the way the book is structured and the intent of the book is to really help people use emotional intelligence to be um, successful in business and in a corporate environment. It's still good for everybody. There's stuff in here that I absolutely use in my role as a teacher that I recognize from that and that would be useful there. Um, I think if you have to communicate with other adults or children at all, ever, this book would be useful, but it would be especially useful for young professionals growing leadership skills. Yes, agreed. The, those young professionals that don't know how to emotionally regulate, like my, my four-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a very young professional. <laughs> I mean, she did just have a parent-teacher conference today because oh. apparently you do that when they're four now. I don't, yeah. I, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, you know, it's not a guess. It's it's facts. Okay. And they said that she was, she showed leadership qualities and was always helping and making sure people had what they needed. I read so, that as bossy and getting into everybody else's business. Was there a oh oh I would not let it I would not let a uh, a teacher give me a feedback that my daughter was bossy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would pull that. Those are leadership out. skills, lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call my call my daughter bossy and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw an America's Funniest Home video <laughs> where a girl was like, no, I'm not bossy. My mom says I have leadership skills. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, shout out. Uh, shout out to, uh, you know, Amy Jacobson for writing a great book for us to finish strong on Absolutely. season two. Yeah. Uh, shout out to that. Shout out to all the books that we've read this year. Um you know, I, I am of the belief that it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter the book as long as you get one pearl of wisdom out of a book. And I feel like any book you read is always going to give you one pearl of wisdom. And, you know, we, we had, we had great categories. Um, so, uh, you know, emotional intelligence, uh, parenting, and that other one uh that that other one that i can't remember right now <laughs> <laughs> emotional intelligence happiness hell yeah happiness i why did i forget yeah. happiness and happiness was a great i mean we've we've talked a lot about happiness i was just talking about think like a monk the other day which was yep. season one stuff which mm -hmm. kind of led us on a happiness path it was um, blue zones of happiness how to raise kids that are not a-holes, discipline is destiny, stop overthinking, whole brain child, emotional agility, you are here, raising good humans, the subtle art of not giving a flip, uh, ikigai, empowered parenting, and closing it out with emotional intelligence. Yeah, that's, a, that's a hell of a library. What? See, in 10, in 10, in, in six months, like, yeah, you do, you do that math, like, that's a good click there. We we packed a lot in. Um, yeah, I, I think we're gonna do a little strategic planning for next year and get some books in front of people so they don't have to try to do <laughs> do the click we just did. Uh, but it was good. It was a good season, and I, I felt like a lot. And uh, we will be doing 
a uh, an episode unless it gets edited out in post we will be doing an episode uh about you know kind of our our key takeaways from the season and what we learned um yeah it's it's good stuff good stuff sounds good to me okay thanks for the convo dude thank you for the convo thank you for everybody out there uh keep reading Okay, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Our podcast was originally recorded on Zoom. Special thanks to Skillsoul on Pixabay for providing our intro and outro music. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please hit the like and subscribe button on your podcast provider. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Review Books. Let us know what you think we should review. Keep reading, keep learning, keep growing. Keep pursuing what's important to you and keep listening to our podcast. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> 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 <laughs>